G'day folks, I'm Billy Pennell. Thanks for joining me for another edition of The Music Show. Look, I've recently finished reading a compelling biography, Lou Reed, A Life, written by Anthony DeCurtis, a former editor of Rolling Stone magazine. I'm a big fan of Lou Reed's music, and the book filled in so many empty spaces for me in a career that exceeded 50 years. Musician, singer, songwriter, poet, Lou Reed's 60s band, The Velvet Underground, virtually invented alternate rock, and are regarded as one of the most influential bands in the history of alternative rock music. Beginning his solo career in 1970, Reed went on to release 20 solo albums, including a collaboration with Metallica. Reed's music influenced artists as diverse as David Byrne, David Bowie, Iggy Pop, Stephen Morrissey, Courtney Love and Patti Smith, who posthumously inducted Reed into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015, 18 months after his death. In an earlier edition of The Music Show, I included an interview with Reed, who spoke with me about three of his mid-80s albums. I was inspired by Anthony DeCurtis's new biography and remembered a second interview I'd conducted in 1989 with Lou Reed, during which he talked about his current album, New York, and lots of other things, including his friendship with another New York mu- uh, music icon, Dion DiMucci, his friend, and also his long-time friendship with Velvet Underground's drummer Maureen Tucker, and a cover of a Frank Sinatra song, and lots more. Before we start, I'd like, as always, to thank my friend Dominic Alafati from Collins House, who is one of Australia's leading investment advisors for his tremendous support of the music show. Just Google Collins House and follow the prompts if you need advice to do with financial matters. Um, look, I, I heard you mention in uh, previous interviews that your New York record is your most consistent recording yet. Is that because you had more time to spend on the songs this time? Um, because we uh, had more, um, we'd figured the studio out a bit better. I think a lot of it has to do with the production. And did you, in fact, spend a fair while on um, on the writing of the songs? Yeah, I took I took three months to write it. And I believe there was a bit of revision that had to go on too, where you had to change. Um, quite a few things before you got them exactly how you wanted them. Uh, I, I did a lot of rewriting. I've, you know, I've been doing more and more re- rewriting um, over the years. Uh, the process I really hate. Now, on the last few albums, you used uh, your bass guitarist, Fernando Saunders, as, as your soloing partner. What made you use two guitars this time? Well, I've always wanted to have the second guitar, but I can't always find the right guy to play it. So when I don't, um, I try to work with somebody else, like with Fernando. But uh, two years ago, I ran into a guitar player named Mike Rathke, and we've been playing together for a while now, and we could really get that two-guitar thing going, which I really love. And uh, we just kept, you know, been working on it, and this album is kind of the result of us working on it. Was your compatibility with Mike Rathke really essential to the guitar sound that you were trying to get? Absolutely. It wouldn't exist without him. <laughs> Whoa. with knives and whites with clubs fighting at Howard Beach. They 
There's no such thing as human rights when you walk the New York streets. A cop was shot in the head by a 10-year-old kid named Boot in Central Park last week. The father's and daughters lined up by the coffins by the statue of bigotry. Hey, you better hold on. Something happening here. You better hold, hold on. Well, I'll meet you at Tompkins Square. The dopest sent a message to the cops last week and they shot him in the car where he sat. And Eleanor Bumpers and Michael Stewart must have appreciated that. There's a rampaging rage rising up like a plague of bloody violence washing up on the beach. It'll take more than the angels, I and Mike Tyson to heal this bloody bridge. Hey, hey, you better hold on. Or something's happening here. You better hold on. I'm gonna meet you in Tompkins Square. A junkie ran down a lady, a pregnant dancer. She'll never dance, but the baby was saved. He shot up some China white and nodded out at the wheel, and he doesn't remember a thing. They shot that old lady cause they thought she was a witness to a crime she didn't even see. Whose home is the home of the brave by the statue of bigotry? Hey, better hold on. But something's happening here. You better hold on. There's a riot in Tonkin Square. Got a black 38 and a gravity knife. You still have to ride the train. There's the smelly essence of New York down there, but you ain't no Bernard Getz. Uh, there's no mafia lawyer to fight in your corner for that 15 minutes of fame. The have and have nots are bleeding in the tub. That's New York's future, not mine. Oh, you better hold on. Or something's happening here. You better hold on. If there's something's happening here. has turned out to be thematic when did you realize that the songs all had a common thread oh um about three songs in i noticed it and uh, i was a little uh i was a little surprised by it so did you then want to continue on to make it um, an album that you could, as you suggest on the cover, play from start to finish and have it come out like reading a book or watching a, a short movie? No, I called Mike up and said, you know, why don't you, why don't you come on down to the place? I want you to hear something and tell me what you think. Uh, then he really liked it, you know, so we went from there. Now, 
Though the topics of the songs um, are mostly pretty serious, you touch on AIDS in Halloween Parade, you often draw pictures that are entertaining to imagine, like the gays dressed up like Hollywood stars, for instance, parading down the street. But the punchline is that some of those people may not be there the next year. Is this method of writing, particularly on that song, Halloween Parade, to emphasise the apathy of some people uh, towards AIDS? Oh... Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think about those things in advance, to tell you the truth. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, your your word pictures are, are are so intriguing that when you start to read through and, and listen to the the song Halloween Parade, like it all starts off as being real fun because it's a bit of a chuckle, you know, the the downbeat fairy singing Proud Mary and somebody looking like Cary Grant and so on. But of course, towards the end, what you're saying is that these people are maybe not going to be around the following year to do the Halloween Parade again because of AIDS, and I think that really gets that message to hit home very hard. Well. Uh, it's a, it's an emotional song. Uh, by the time he gets to the end with the doo-wops in the back, you know, and he says, see you next year at the Hollywood Parade, it's like really sad. There's a downtown fair singing out proud Mary as she cruises Christopher Street. And some southern queen is acting loud and mean where the docks and the badlands meet. This Halloween is something to be sure of. Especially to be here without you There's a Greta Garbo and an Alfred Hitchcock And some black Jamaican stud There's five Cinderella's and some leather drags I almost fell into my mug There's a Crawford Davis and a tacky Cary Grant And some homeboys looking for trouble down here from the Bronx but there ain't no Harry and no Virgin Mary You won't hear those voices again And Johnny Rio and Rotten Rita You never see those faces again This Halloween is something to be sure Especially to be here without you the born again losers and the lavender boozers and some crack team from Washington Heights. The boys from Avenue B, the girls from Avenue D, a Tinkerbell and Tice. This celebration somehow gets me down, especially when I see you're not around. There's no Peter Pedantic saying things romantic in Latin, Greek, or Spit. There's no three bananas or Brandon Alexander dishing all their tricks. It's a different feeling that I have today. Especially when I know you've gone away. There's a girl from Soho with a t-shirt saying I blow. She's with a Jive 5, 2 plus 3. And a girl for pay dates at given cut rates. Or else do it for free. The past keeps knock, knock, knocking on my door And I don't want to hear it anymore No consolations, please, for feeling funky I gotta get my head above my knees But it makes me mad and that makes me sad And then I start to freeze In the back of my mind I was afraid it might be true in the back of my mind, I was afraid that they meant you. 
Halloween parade. mentioned Fernando Saunders before, who was your former bass guitar player. Um, why couldn't he work on this record with you? Oh, he was out with Pat Benatar. Tell me a bit about Rob Wasserman, who's his replacement on this record. Oh, Rob Wasserman, I made a record called Duet. He made a record called Duet, so that I, I, I did one track with him. That's how I met Rob. And Rob plays a stand-up electric bass. He's also a really great player. And uh, after I worked with him on his album, I went to do his video with him. We were jamming. You know, we just had such great fun. I thought he'd, he'd be perfect for the album. I've heard the duet album, and I really like the, the track that you do. It's, I think it's an old Fred Astaire song, One for My Baby, but the way you do it, it's sort of Fred Astaire meets Frank Sinatra meets John Lee Hooker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, it's a, essentially, I know it as a Frank Sinatra song. And uh, we kind of did a John Lee Hooker, Otis Redding kind of arrangement of it. Like, you know, I told Rob, you know, like the bass part from Rock Me Baby by Otis. Uh, that's how we would approach the song. Make it one for my baby. 
Gave you the idea for the song "The Last Great American Whale." That that's such a great title. I don't know. This was before that thing happened with the whales under the ice. Um, I have no idea. It is a great title, isn't it? Don't you agree? Oh, that's what got me started. I sat, you know, I was sitting down to officially write, and I got this title, and I wondered, you know, that's uh, you know, because if I get a title. And that's it. Then I know I'll be okay. And um, I had this great title, and I, I just, you know, was wondering myself, what is it about? Now you use Maureen Tucker, who of course was the drummer in the Velvet Underground on Last Great American Whale. Had Maureen continued with her music much after the Velvets had broken up? Um, I don't know. I mean, she's she's out touring right now, and she's going to have a new album out. But I'm on two tracks, and. Um, it's a really great album she's got. And when I wrote two of these songs, in my mind, I just knew Maureen was really the one, the only person who could play the drum part. They say he didn't have an enemy. This was a greatness to behold. He was the last surviving progeny, the last one on this side of the world. He measured a half mile from tip to tail. Silver and black, the powerful fins. They say he could split a mountain in two. That's how he got the Grand Canyon. Last great American whale. Last great American whale. Last great American whale. Last great American whale. Some say they saw him at the Great Lakes. Some say they saw him off of Florida. My mother said she saw him in Chinatown. But you can't always trust your mother. Off the Carolinas, the sun shines brightly in the day. The lighthouse glows ghostly there at night. The chief of a local tribe had killed a racist mayor's son. Been on death row since 1958. The mayor's kid was a rowdy pig. Spit on Indians and lots worse. The old chief buried a hatchet in his head. Life compared to death for him seemed worse. The tribal brothers gathered in the lighthouse to sing. They tried to conjure up a storm or rain. The harbor parted. Great whale sprang full up, caused a huge tidal wave. The wave crushed the jail and freed the chief. The tribe let out a roar. The whites were drowned, the browns and reds set free. But sadly, one thing more. Some local yokel member of the NRA kept a bazooka in his living room. Thinking he had the chief in his sights, blew the whale's brains out with a lead harpoon. Let's create American whale. 
last great American well. Last great American well. Last great American well. Well, Americans don't care for much of anything. Land and water the least. And animal life is low on the totem pole. With human life not worth more than infected yeast. Americans don't care too much for beauty. They'll shit in a river, dump battery acid in a stream. They'll watch dead rats wash up on the beach. Complain if they can't swim. They say things are done for the majority. Don't believe half of what you see, none of what you hear. It's like what my painter friend Donald said to me. Stick a fork in their ass and turn them over, they're done. Another of your friends appears too on a song called Dirty Boulevard, and that's Dion. How did he happen to be available to work with you on that song? He was uh, in the other studio upstairs in the building we were in. His part, even though it's very short, is very effective at the end of that song, isn't it? Yeah, I really brought it up in the mix to make sure you could hear it. Actually, I brought it up in the mix so I could hear it. How long have you and Dion been friends? Oh, I've known Dee for uh, 10 years. And I believe you made the inauguration speech to induct Dion into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recently. That must have been a thrill for you. Yeah, that was a real honor. I was really stunned by it. I, uh, I couldn't have been happier about uh, writing a little speech for him. You know, in a couple of years' time, you're going to be eligible for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who would you like to make the speech for you? Oh, well, uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. Okay, we'll, we'll wait and see. Pedro lives out of the Wilshire Hotel. He looks out a window without glass. The walls are made of cardboard. Newspapers on his feet and his father beats him because he's too tired to bed. He's got nine brothers and sisters. They're brought up on their knees. It's hard to run. The coat hanger beats you on the thighs. Pedro dreams of being older and killing the old man. But that's a slim chance. He's going to the boulevard. He's going to end up on the dirty boulevard. He's going out to the dirty boulevard. He's going down. Dirty Boulevard. This room costs $2,000 a month. You can believe it, man, it's true. Somewhere a landlord's life until he wets his pants. No one dreams of being a doctor or a lawyer or anything. They dream of dealing on the Dirty Boulevard. Give me your hungry, you're tired, you're poor, I'll piss on them. That's what the statue of bigotry says. Your poor huddled masses, let's club them to death and get it over with and just dump them on the boulevard. Get them out on the dirty boulevard. Going out to the dirty boulevard. They're going down on the dirty boulevard. Going out. Outside it's a bright night. There's an opera at Lincoln Center. 
Movie stars arrive by limousine. The Klee glides shoot up over the skyline of Manhattan, but the lights are out on the mean streets. A small kid stands by the Lincoln Tunnel. He's selling plastic roses for a buck. The traffic's backed up to 39th Street. The TV whores are calling the cops out for a suck. And back at the wheelchair, Pedro sits there dreaming. He's found a book on magic in a garbage can. He looks at the pictures and stares up at the cracked ceiling. At the count of three, he says, I hope I can disappear. And fly, fly away from this dirty boulevard. I want to fly, yeah. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly, 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 fly. From the dirty boulevard, I want to fly away. I want to fly. Fly, fly away. I want to fly. Fly, fly away. Now, you temper the seriousness of a lot of the songs on the new record with some that I think um, are funny and quite fun. One of them is Beginning of a Great Adventure, where you introduce your own guitar solo, which I thought was fun. But the solo turns out to be um, one that has quite a jazzy feel. What made you play it that way? Oh, because um, on that song, the music was written by Mike and I, and that's that's the kind of... Thing he had to it so we just kept it there it's quite a different sort of solo for you isn't it I I can only play the notes to it I can't play the chords to it he's using those funny jazz chords now the theme of beginning of a great adventure is that of having children are the lyrics to be taken literally in any way like uh, are you and your wife Sylvia uh, planning a family no no it's just that's an interesting song to have there after the five other songs that you've heard. Uh, it's, it's just a man song, like what men think about about that thing, and it's just kind of an interesting song. Stop it. 
dawn I might attend a regular TV brood I'd breed a little liberal army in the woods Just like these redneck lunatics who see at the local bar Where they drive a mutant inbred piglets with cloven hooves I'd teach them how to plant a bomb, start a fire, play guitar And if they catch a hunter, shoot them in the nuts I try to be as progressive as I could possibly be As long as I don't have to try too much Beginning of a great adventure Beginning of a great adventure Susie, Jesus, Bogart, Sam, Leslie, Jill, and Jeff Rita, Winnie, Andy, Fran, and Jeff Boris, Bono, Lucy, Ethel, Bunny, Reg, and Tom That's a lot of names to try not to forget Carrie, Marlon, Moe, and Steve, Lou, and Jerry Lee Eggplant, Rufus, Dummy, Star, and The Glob I'd need a damn computer to keep track of all these names I hope this baby thing don't go too far I hope it's true what my wife said to me I hope it's true what my wife said to me Hey, I hope it's true what my wife said to me She says Baby, it's the beginning of a great adventure Baby, beginning of a great adventure Take it, Luke To carry me to the grave Keep me company while I'm a wise and toothless clod Some gibbering old fool sitting all alone Drooling on his shirt Some senile old fart playing in the dirt It might be fun to have a kid I could piss someone to Something better than rage, pain, anger, and hurt I hope it's true what my wife said to me I hope it's true what my wife said to me I hope it's true what my wife said to me She says, Lou It's the beginning of a great adventure Lou, Lou, Lou Beginning of a great adventure Said, babe How you call your lover boy? Sylvia What do you call your lover man? How important to your life and your career has it been to have a soulmate like Sylvia, your wife, who you can bounce ideas off? I don't really like to get into questions like that. 
that's okay. It's it's just that um, I, I think that um, somebody who, who's lucky enough in their career to have someone very close to them that they can communicate ideas to, I think they're just very fortunate. Well, that's really true, for sure. Now, one of the most intriguing songs on your album is Dime Store Mystery, which you dedicate to Andy Warhol. What gave you the inspiration for the lyric in that song? Oh... Uh, um, originally, I was thinking about Marty Scorsese's movie, The Last Temptation of Christ. Is what I had the title for about 10 years, though. And I'd never been able to finish the song, and Sylvie always kept saying to me, what ever happened to that song, Dime Store Mystery? You know, I kept, you know, I would say, I don't know. I, you know, I can't. It went away and never came back. And, uh, and then I was watching uh, Marty Scorsese uh, do an interview, like where he was explaining the movie, and that's what got me started on it. It's appropriate too, I think, that Maureen Tucker plays on a Dime Store Mystery for obvious reasons, and her playing, I think, is just so sensitive to that song. Isn't she brilliant? I mean, who else in the world can do that? I mean, still, no one to this day plays drums like that. It's kind of astonishing. lying banged and battered, skewered and bleeding, talking crippled on the cross. Was his mind reeling and heaving, hallucinating, fleeing, what a loss. The things he hadn't touched or kissed, his senses slowly stripped away. Not like Buddha, not like Vishnu, life wouldn't rise to him again I find it easy to believe that he might question his beliefs the beginning of the last temptation time store mystery the duality of nature godly nature human nature splits the soul Fully divine and divided The great immortal soul Split into pieces, whirling pieces Opposites attract From the front and side, the back The mind itself attacks I know this feeling, I know it from before Descartes through Hegel, belief is never sure. Time's to a mystery, last temptation. <laughs>
drumming, thinking, thumping, pondering the mysteries of life. Outside the city, shrieking, screaming, whispering the mysteries of life. There's a funeral tomorrow at St. Patrick's. The bells will ring for you. been thinking when you realized the time had come for you. I wish I hadn't thrown away my time on so much human and so much less divine. The end of last temptation. The end of a dime store mystery. that you're presently working on a project that is also dedicated to Andy Warhol. Could you tell me just a little bit about that? Uh, John Cale and I were commissioned by the Brooklyn Academy of Music in association with St. Anne's Church to write a little musical thing for Andy Warhol called Songs for Drella. And we put on the workshop performance of it um, um, January 7th and 8th. And we'll give the final version of it uh, in November. How many songs are there? Right now there's 14. Would you like to record them? Uh, I would like to record it live. If, if someone wanted to record it, that's what I would want. How long was it since you'd worked with John Cale? Quite a while. Was it a pleasant experience to, to reunite with him? Oh, we had a lot of fun. We had been, we played a little. We started playing together before the project came up, and because that was really fun, we uh, we decided to do the project. Now, the New York album is selling very well all around the world. Does that suggest to you that people are taking the time to listen to what you've got to say and will hopefully react to the problems that you confront on this album? How is it doing in Australia? It's doing very well. It's going to probably be your biggest selling album ever here, I would say. Really? Hmm. How strange. Um, do, you find, do you find that encouraging that people obviously are listening to it because they're telling friends and um, passing the word on because a record all around the world is doing very well? For one of my records, it certainly is doing very well. Um... Well, I mean, who could object to that? 
Yeah, that's great. But I, I, you know, I guess it's. Uh, I guess people are listening to it. Do you think that there's a chance that a lot of them would react to what you're saying, just to take, to get more involved in things that are happening around them? Because you suggest on the record that there is a tremendous apathy, and that people just see what's going on but don't do anything about it. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, um, I don't know. There are certain sentiments expressed there that are maybe other people might share them. And this record lets them know that they're not the only ones maybe thinking that way. But the record's also about poetry and use of language. Who are the players you're rehearsing with at the moment to, um, to perform the album live? Oh, it's the same as the record, except for the drummer. I've got a different drummer. Why can't Fred Ma do it? He's in the studio. So who have you got to replace him? A guy named Bob Medici. Like, he's in the studio with somebody named Lloyd Cole, I think. Fernando's in the studio with Marianne Faithful. Look, I've kept you a fair while. I know you're busy with, with your band, and I do appreciate the time you spent with me today. I'm a big fan of yours, and I've just got to thank you for oh. a lot of music that you've made me uh, sit down and think about as, as well as enjoy. So I hope you can get to Australia uh, to play for us again, and, and just thank you so much for your time and for your music. Oh, that's awfully nice of you to say. I really appreciate that. Thanks an awful lot. Okay, thanks again, Lou. Keep well. Okay, bye-bye, Bill. Bye-bye. found our interview with Lou Reed interesting. The Anthony de Curtis biography, Lou Reed, A Life, is published in Australia by John Murray. I obtained my copy from the Grumpy Swimmer bookshop in Elwood, Victoria. Look them up on Google. A big thank you also once again to my friend Dominic Alafarchi from Collins House who will help you with all your inquiries relating to finance. Dominic is also a great music lover and a big fan of Black Sabbath. Thanks as always for sharing the music show with me. I'm Billy Pinnell. Take care of each other and love the music.